Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is Peter's simple confession of faith in our gospel lesson for today. You are the Christ. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, it started as a rather routine conversation, Jesus asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? Now, Jesus and his disciples were in the region of Caesarea Philippi. And if you go to Caesarea Philippi today, you will see a large hill in which there are little niches or shelves carved into that hill. And back in Jesus' time, those niches, those shelves, were the places where false gods, idols, were placed. And so it's in that context of rampant idolatry that Jesus asks his disciples the question, who do people say I am? The disciples respond, giving him the word on the street, so to speak, concerning his identity. Some say you are John the Baptist. Now by this time, John the Baptist had already been executed by Herod. But apparently some felt that Jesus was John the Baptist come back to life. Still others said that great Old Testament prophet Elijah, who did not taste of death, but rather was taken by God from this world in a fiery chariot. And after all, Malachi did say that Elijah would return. And some others thought that he was another of the Old Testament prophets come back to life. But then came the big question. Then came the specific question. Who do you say that I am? Notice how personal that question is. Who do you say that I am? And that question requires an answer from each and every person. And your standing with God is not based upon the answer that your parents give to that question, or your siblings give to that question, or your best friend gives to that question? Who do you say that I am? asked Jesus. Not surprisingly, Peter spoke up first and said, you are the Christ. In other words, you are the Messiah. You are the one the Old Testament prophets have been pointing to. You are the one we've been waiting for. That confession. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the Savior. Is not something that Peter deduced and thought of on his own. And so in the parallel account of this, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus adds these words. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And the same is true for us. That confession of faith, you are the Christ, is not something that we figured out, that we deduced on our own. In the very same way, God revealed that, made that known to us, and then sent the Holy Spirit to create faith in what he revealed to us and through what he revealed to us. For most of us, 
It happened in the water and word of baptism. Or for others of us here this morning, it happened later in life, perhaps, if we were not baptized as an infant. And when you stop and think about it, God has really done it all for us, has he not? He has sent his son into this world to be the perfect sacrifice for all sin and for all evil. Then he has sent us his word, where he has revealed all this, made all this known to us, and then through the Holy Spirit, he has created faith in us to trust and believe that which he revealed to us. It is all God's doing that we make that confession of faith. You are the Christ. Making a confession, according to the original language of that word, means to same say something. In other words, to say the same thing that the Bible says, that the word of God says. And so when we confess our sin, as we did just a little while ago, we are same saying or saying the same thing that God says about our sin. Namely, that we are by nature sinful and unclean and that we sin daily in thought, word, and deed. And when we confess that Jesus is the Christ, we are same saying, we are saying the same thing that God's word says about Jesus of Nazareth, namely that he is the Christ. He is the anointed one who came into this world to remove that barrier of sin that stood between us and God and to defeat sin, death, and Satan for us and then to give us that victory freely by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. How privileged we are to be able to make that confession, you are the Christ. And making that confession means being ready at all times and in all places to confess Jesus is the Christ with both our lips and our lives. And you will recall that Peter one time had a great deal of trouble making that confession. It was on Monday, Thursday evening after Jesus had been arrested and there was Peter in the courtyard of the high priest warming himself by the fire that night. And not only did he fail to make a confession that Jesus is the Christ, he even denied knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times before the rooster crowed, just as Jesus had predicted. It was much easier in our text when he's standing in front of Jesus and surrounded by his fellow apostles to make that confession than it was there that night in that courtyard. Perhaps the same is true for us. It is easier for us to make that confession, you are the Christ, when we are here in this space, in the very presence of the triune God, surrounded by our brothers and our sisters in Christ, than perhaps it is at our work or in other social settings. And so there are those times when we simply go along with the crowd and perhaps engage in activity that we know is not pleasing to our God, 
or we remain silent in a conversation instead of speaking the truth in love, or perhaps even worse, we even contribute to that conversation in a way that we know is not pleasing in the sight of our God. There are those times when we fail to make that confession, not because we're worried about physical injury or losing our life as characters in the Bible were, but simply because we're afraid of what someone else might think of us. That somehow they might think less of us if we make that confession with our lips and our lives. As we know, Jesus forgave the disciple Peter for failing to make that confession, just as he forgives us those times when we fail to make that confession. And not only did Jesus forgive Peter, but post-resurrection, Jesus reinstated Peter as an apostle once again. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, Peter made a bold confession of Jesus as the Christ on the day of Pentecost in an incredible sermon contained in Acts chapter 2. And the result? 3,000 people were added that day to the number being saved. And again, empowered by the Holy Spirit, Peter made an incredible confession of Jesus as the Christ at his own death. According to sources outside the Bible, Peter ended up being crucified upside down as a martyr, saying that he was not worthy to die in the same way that his Lord had died. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, you and I confess that Jesus is the Christ with both our lips and our lives. There are even sometimes that we get dragged into making that confession of faith. The now late Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastor Michael Nerva gave an account of one time when he was dragged into making a confession that Jesus is the Christ. It was when he was a seminary student and was on his way home during a break from the seminary classes. He was in O'Hare Airport awaiting his connecting flight back home. And he happened to sit down next to a very uninhibited young girl and her mother. After sitting there for a couple of minutes, the young girl turned to him and said, are you having a good day? And he responded, well, yes, I'm having a good day, thank you. That's good, said the little girl. A couple of minutes later, she turned to him again and said, do you brush your teeth? And he responded, uh, yes, I do brush my teeth. That's good. Everybody should brush their teeth. And then a couple minutes later, she turned to him and asked, do you believe in Jesus? And he said, well, yes. As a matter of fact, I do believe in Jesus. And she said, that's good. Everybody should believe in Jesus. A couple of minutes later, a businessman came and sat down next to them opened up his Wall Street Journal and began reading. And the little girl came next to uh, Seminary Nerva and said, ask him the questions. <laughs> and so Seminary Nerva said, excuse me, sir, my little friend here wants to know if you are having a good day. 
He looked and smiled at the girl and said, well, yes, I am having a good day. Thank you. Ask him the next one. And so he again said, excuse me once again, sir. My little friend here wants to know, do you brush your teeth? And he chuckled and responded and said, well, yes, I, I do brush my teeth. Thank you. And at that point, seminary nervous said he could feel himself tensing up because he knew what was coming next. He was a lifelong Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod member, and he had never asked anyone that next question. Sure enough, the little girl said, ask him the other one. Excuse me, sir, one last time, I promise. My little friend here wants to know, do you believe in Jesus? And he braced for what he thought was going to be an angry and a bitter response. But that's not what happened. The man put down his Wall Street Journal. His face got very red. He said, you know, my life is very empty. And I can't believe how empty I feel sometimes. Can you tell me about Jesus? And tears started coming down that man's face. Seminary Nerva did exactly that. And he ended with a prayer. And when he turned around after that prayer, the girl and her mother were gone. He never saw them again. But he commented on what an impact that little girl had on him as a seminary student and as a pastor. And a couple of weeks later, he went to his campus mailbox at the seminary, and there was a note in his mailbox from that man thanking him for telling him about Jesus and informing him that since then he had joined a church back home. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you will have opportunities to make that confession, Jesus is the Christ, with both your lips and your lives. It may not be in a busy, crowded airport. Instead, it might be something as simple as inviting somebody to a men's breakfast like we had yesterday, or a women's breakfast that is coming up. It might be in a simple conversation with a friend, when they confide in you of something that is really troubling them at this point in their life. Or it might be at a funeral home after the death of a family member or a friend. As challenging as these kinds of conversations can be, I urge you to pray that God will give you more and more opportunities for conversations like that and pray that he will empower you with the Holy Spirit so that just like Peter and just like that little girl, you might boldly confess that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.